The scripture this morning is Romans 5, verse 1 through 8. Hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, therefore, therefore. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to his grace, in which we stand and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also, have, we also boast in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us for while we were still weak. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps a good person, someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Gracious and awesome God, wondrous wonder, we ask that we would be able to enter into these courts with thanksgiving. Father, we bow our hearts and our minds down unto you, that you would hear our prayers. Cover this word, cover us as your people. Make us hearers and doers of your word. Nurture us in such a way that we will come to know a great and awesome experience through your word. Move me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to start this message off today with a couple funny things. It's Father's Day, so I want you to first give a hand clap of praise to our fathers yet again. Amen. And we're going to put the fathers on Front Street in a minute, so everybody who's been wondering what is this setup all about, ah, the, the surprise is getting ready to just bubble up. Amen. But I want you to think about some funny stuff that fathers have taught us along the way through their plain old everyday actions. Amen? Fathers know that only one suitcase is needed to take on a five-day trip. Amen? They can pack it tight. They can pack it right. They can roll it up, and they are done. They don't need all that extra stuff. Amen? And if something needs to be worn twice, so what? Just get it in that one suitcase so all the airlines that are getting ready to start charging for bags, they won't get much money from the fathers. Amen? Fathers also know that the same haircut style can last forever. Amen. They can get one good style 
and they can wear that forever and ever and ever. And they may just cut it a little bit shorter, but it's basically the same tough good look. Amen? <laughs> Fathers also realize when you go to a hotel, you can leave the bed unmade. Amen? There's someone coming in that give them their job, let them handle their business. We do not have to make up every bed, every place that we go. Amen? Fathers know that. Mm -hmm. Other things that fathers really know is one wallet, one pair of shoes, one color can go across a multitude of seasons. Amen? A good pair of black shoes, a good black belt, and a brown wallet will go for a very, very long time. And one of my favorites, which is here on the altar, and, uh, and, it, and, and it, it's actually a, a gift to my own father. My father's been deceased for a little while. But duct tape is a friend to a man. When your wife or the one, your mother, your cousin says it needs to be fixed right now, if you can get it fixed with a little duct tape and it holds, it may hold for a while. And here in the 21st century, duct tape used to just come in the past in silver, but they have now brought it into red, green, yellow, purple, many colors. So the multitude of how duct tape can work and solve the problems of the world. Hallelujah, King Jesus. Amen. Do I have any duct tape brothers in the house? You don't have to stand. You don't have to proclaim, but it's all good. It's okay. Amen. I like a few duct tape brothers because there are things that are still taped together at my mama's house with the duct tape because it really lasts a long time. Hallelujah, King Jesus. What was a temporary solution? Duct tape can solve many problems of the world. But I want to talk about today about not only the funny things of our father, but the words and proof of love that our fathers bring to the table. So I'm going to, these seats are open. And I want a few fathers. Danny, could you sit in one? Robert, could you jump into another? Amen? Mr. White, we're going to give you a special. This is your seat here, my brother. You get to be God, Daddy. Amen? Oh, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. Shake it off. You can do this. Reggie, come on down. You want to be a daddy for tonight? We want to honor and lift up. These are good and wonderful things. And I want to start this off with the scripture it says, as uh, the closing part in verse 8, it says, But God proves his love for us, that while we were still sinners, that he died for us. And the statement that I'm going to open with is simply, what proof do we need from our daddies that they love us? And this is the most senior of the daddies. And each of these daddies, they didn't sit necessarily in any particular order. I didn't tell them to sit anyway. But this dad has young children. This dad has young children and older children. And this dad has a young daughter. 
And so I want you to think about what would you tell? What would the proof be needed that your daddy loved you? Amen? I need one of the teenagers on the back row. Come on down. I'm not going to put your life on the spot, but in some ways I am. She's going to be the daughter of new faith. Amen? And she gets to ask one question that will help this sermon go forward. She hasn't been called ahead of time. She didn't know what was going to happen. So my question is, if you wanted proof that your daddy loved you, what would that be? Think about it. Ponder it. Big Daddy, what does proof look like in one word when you love your children? I would teach him. You teach him. I teach him. Keep God in your life. Keep God in your life. Daddy with young girls and young people in your life. What does proof look like when daddy loves you? My actions. Your actions. What's the proof in love? You've got them young. You've got them grown up. What does it look like when your love has been proven as a daddy? I guess I'll just show them what uh, faith is by being there. Faith is by being there. Last but not least, you got little people. All they're doing is talking noise, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does it look like when they really love you? What does that proof look like? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. So we've got sacrifice. We've got action in time. We've got faith, and we've got teaching. Amen? Amen? If God were to come down and stand right before all of these men and say, I want to prove that I love you, what do you think it would look like? Would it be the same question that the new faith girl has? So what's your question, or what's your item that says, this proves you love me, Daddy? When he talks to me about life. When he talks to me about life. Why are these things important in the life of the church? Why are these in things important in the life of us as people? Because somewhere along the line, everybody has wanted proof that Big Daddy loves them. That they're going to teach us the right thing. That they're going to show up in our lives in very significant ways. Our faith is going to come forth. You're going to spend time together. I've heard it said that love is spelled T-I-M-E. Instead of love being spelled L-O-V-E, the proof that we love somebody is we spend T-I-M-E. Time with that person. We experience a relationship. We engage in growing and we want proof. But dad, quick question. Is it proof in love one time or time and time again? Time and time again. 
So the time is repetitive. We want that proof in love, not just one singular experience, but we want that proof in multiple occasions. Also, Big Daddy, I want you to just give that wisdom away. Because when you are a seasoned father, when you have been a father that spent a little time, did did you make any mistakes, Daddy? He made plenty of mistakes. Were you there all the time, every time? Did you miss any, any opportunity? Did you miss any experience? You missed plenty. So give that wisdom to a young father. Pass it on. Because what else happens in proof in love is that we don't just keep our own situation and our own question bottled up. Our proof in love is part of a witness, an experience. And that is what the Christian relationship and the grace of God really is all about. It's about the testimony that was in the song. It is about us showing up and being part of God's kingdom. It's part of life and in abundance. But daddy, sometimes the new faith children get hurt and they need hope. How will you make them get hope? How will you help them with their experience? So I want the daddies to share some love. I want some daddies to embrace belief. And I want some daddies to not only offer our new faith children hope, but I want the proof in the kingdom of God to be experienced through peace, love, hope, salvation, laughter, joy, because dads aren't only about fixing things and securing things, but they're about experiencing real life. Dad number two, have you ever failed? He said, yeah, buddy. Had a few failures. We're not giving dad number two a name. We're not trying to put people's stories and testimonies. But in the failure, when you were made weak, did you become strong because of your faith in Jesus Christ? Dad number three over here, four number over here. Did did you ever do something with your older children that you had to take back now that you have younger children and you got some new experience in life? Did you have to make a change in the middle of daddyhood to do some things different? The answer is yes. I want you to just take a moment to see the diversity of these fathers. They're all great looking dads. They all have great testimonies. They've all been through different things. And they're still going through things. But they're children that aren't their children that need proof in the love of Jesus Christ. Give them a hand clap of praise. Amen. You guys can either stay here for the service or you can experience it the other direction. It's up to you, dads. But, but it, we appreciate them 
taking part, you can just place them back over there. Amen. And so as we begin this part of understanding the proof in love, I want you to think about the relationships that you've had and how you have asked them to prove that they loved you. I want you to think about all the people that were on your list that you needed them to show that they loved you. When I was a young girl, my list was short. I needed a mom proof, a dad proof, a grandma proof, a pawpaw proof, a sister, and the best friend of the season. I had various best friends in the course of my life, but I needed to know my best friend for that season loved me, and I needed to know Jesus loved me. Everyone else basically fit into a category that I like you and it's cool, but you don't have to prove anything to me. I wanted my people to prove that they loved me because I felt like if they were asking me to be accountable in life, I wanted accountability back. And I was young with this. I mean, you know, my, my parents would say, she needs lots of help and lots of prayer because she needs proof that we love her. I don't know if she thinks she adopted. I don't know if she's having situations. But that girl wants proof on a day-to-day. You really mean it? You really mean that you love me? You need to show me you love me. I just need to know for sure. And over time, that assurance of needing to know, and even though Jesus Christ was on my list, I just thought his love was just everybody's love. So, you know, I didn't feel like I needed to get a proof text from him. But when love broke my heart, I felt as though that there was a disappointment and and that there needs to be even more proof tests. But as I grew up, I realized the proof of love wasn't how much money I made, how many cute clothes I had, or even the exact amount of time that someone would spend with me. If I were writing the MasterCard commercial that you see on TV on a regular basis and I was writing it about faith and and having it relate to Father's Day, I simply might say, a tie for Dad, $25. Since we lived in Philly, dinner at the hoagie shop on South Street, $15. That was back in the day. It's probably more money now, but you know. And then a roll of duct tape... And the memories of the time that we spent together, priceless. We could buy my dad a new pair of slippers, and he'd pull out the ones that was taped together from last year with the duct tape. And he'd say, until these really fall completely apart, I'm just going to hold on to these new ones. It's not that I don't think y'all did a good job, but I'm going to hold on to these ones because these are really broken in. And so some of that's that's how we approach our faith journey. We won't do anything and move anything further until we have that duct tape proof. Until it's been wrapped up and tied up and taped up and assured that it's not going to fall apart. That's, That's the kind of proof we're looking for. But sometimes it doesn't come like that. So I want you to think about the words through Romans chapter 5. And think of these themes. The love that God gives us is freely given through grace and faith in Jesus Christ. So what is grace? 
God's unmerited favor. It's the stuff we can't buy. It's the priceless moments that duct tape can't even come close to. It's the stuff that we can't even imagine. Faith and grace are so connected. For we have faith in a true and living God. But the grace of God literally transforms our life. And then when we look at love and character and hope and connect their relationship, this scripture says hope is experienced through faith by suffering. Suffering. And that suffering builds both the endurance and the character. Has anybody in here ever suffered because of love? Whether it's the love of Christ or the love of family or the love of friends or the brokenheartedness. Has anybody in here ever suffered? But what about the benefit of that suffering? For it produces character and character produces endurance and endurance produces hope. And it's not a hopeless hope. It's a hope that God will deliver us and make us yet again. He will renew and restore and reconcile the challenges that have literally almost destroyed our lives. If we got into the quiet places of Christians, we had the same challenges the rest of the world does. The difference being is we have a hope in a living God. We have a desire to be faithful and be touched by a most high God. And we are seeking the love and the proof that he loves us. And we find that not because we suffer in silence or we suffer underneath the bed or we suffer at the bar, or we suffer with addiction, or we suffer with lying, or we suffer with covering up. It means that we are suffering to make it through on a faithful journey. And something still happens, but because there's hope and love in Jesus Christ, we know we can make it. I know somebody in here is tight. I know somebody is having a situation, and you're like, excuse me, could you get out of my business? You're talking too close. But that suffering that's producing the character and the character that's producing endurance and the endurance that is producing hope is not empty hope. It's part of the proof that God's grace and our faith in him is so amazing that in spite of it all, he loves us anyhow. And then it's the love through justification, the death, the resurrection, and the atonement of Jesus at the cross. A lot of times we hear those words like we started out in the beginning of this Romans journey. We talked about righteousness. We talked about the promises of God. And now I'm going to speak a little bit about justification because some of us want to know what does it mean to be justified by faith? We've read it time and time again in the Bible, and we're not really clear about it. I understand justification as a gift of grace that is received through the faith in Jesus Christ. This gift of justifying grace allows our sins to be forgiven as though we did not even sin like that. Forgiveness and repentance go hand in hand. Repentance is not just saying, child, I'm sorry. But repentance is the promise and the commitment that we make to one another, that we make unto God, that says, you know, I'm a turn from what I used to do. 
And I'm going to dare to move forward by the grace of God because he has forgiven me. He has changed and transformed my life. He is making life new. And he is proving it because he loves me unconditionally in spite of where I am. And you might say, well, I I know he went to the cross and I know he went for everybody else's sin, but if you knew my situation, your situation is not greater than the ability for God to forgive. Your situation and the proof that he's offering us through love is beyond what we can imagine. For you see the love through righteousness and the love through the promises of God that are being fulfilled day in and day out. They are a lifelong faith journey process. They're not just anything and everything, but they are nurtured and they help us grow in grace. But it's through God and the power of the Holy Spirit that we come to know God and that the proof and that love really begin to touch how we walk and how we talk. That really is the proof in love. So you see, when we focus on the gift of grace, we can look at all of these questions in our lives. We can look at our earthly fathers, and we can look at our earthly friends, and people we really love, and we can take them down off the mountaintops. We can give them room to make mistakes and grow by grace. We can laugh at some things, and we can even do what God has called us to do, to forgive one another. Sometimes you say, now look, mm -mm. that person will never be forgiven. I I I hear what you're saying. Uh, We've proved that they love us, and we proved that that's really nice. But sometimes people can't give what they don't have. If they aren't, unable to love right now and God says love your enemies then we as Christians need to just go on and love them anyhow if it's difficult for us to love we need to just say I'm going to start spelling love T-I-M-E if they don't call me I'm going to spend a little time calling them I'm just going to do what the Lord say do my side of the street is going to be clean it's going to be proved in love that I've done what God has called me to do I'm not going to be held hostage for the other people's stuff I'm going to go right on and let the Lord change and transform my life because at this point the proof in love is on our side of the street What they do, the God that we love and serve, I have to prick their heart and let them do what they do for them. But it's about us being free. For the proof in love sets us free. And he who the Lord sets free, we are free indeed. Amen? But the real crust of all of this, if you jump back to the top of the passage and you look into verse 1 and 2, it says, therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace. Ooh, hallelujah. With God through the Lord our Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained the access to grace. That is the proof of love. He has given us peace and he's given us access. An open door path to unconditional love and access to grace. And we over here saying, I'm still mad with the world. Mm -hmm. I tried to get them to prove that they love me, and they held me hostage. I don't want the grace because how can God give me grace? And the people they sent me to love don't even love me right. 
Well, take that up with Jesus. Go to the throne room so you can embrace the peace that surpasses all understanding. You can have that access to grace like never before. And then you can say, look, I'm going to stand and I'm going to boast on my suffering. It ain't like uh, my suffering's better than your suffering and I got bigger suffering than you have. And let me tell you how long I've been suffering. I've been suffering since Lassie was the first dog. and Now he's the third dog. And I've been suffering over here, suffering over here. It's not that kind of boasting. It's boasting that in spite of my challenges and my situations and my tough days and my down points and my sideways situation that he has kept me anyhow. I have endured through the depths of the difficult days and I have gone to the heights where he said, oh, I'm going to hold you steadfast. But he said, I'm going to give you the peace, the endurance, the character, the hope so you won't have no doubt that I have proven to you that I love you, boo. I have rained down upon you. I have called your name in the middle of the night and said, it's handled. Go on to sleep, my baby doll. I got this one. Don't stay up not one more hour over that illness. I got this one. No matter what the doctor has said, the test has been proven. I got this one. You heal. Because I said so. Don't get hung up on what the diagnosis said. Because I'm in charge. I know all the hairs on the top of your head. I know the days that you'll be here. I know when I called you. I know your comings and your going. You know that I know that I know that I know. I know your name. I know your situation. The proof in the love. Is that I have forgiven you. You have been set free, not just because, but because I love you. That's good news for somebody. Because somebody came in here locked down over love in their daddy. Somebody came in here locked down, hoping that somebody would prove to me why he acting like he acting. We got a king above all kings, a daddy above all daddies, one that will can set the crooked road straight, one that can set old situations and turn you around and you will be shown, it will be proven that he loves you beyond your wildest imagination. But in the end, the promise of justification is forgiveness of our sins and the sins that have separated us from the love of Jesus Christ. The proof test is, will you accept his love? He's already proven at the cross that he loves you and loves me. But are you ready to give God the glory, the honor, and all that he has asked of you this day. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you know every one of our situations. You know the struggles. We know the challenges. You know the difficulties. 
But Lord, I ask that you would rain down your Holy Spirit into this place like never before. Speak into our hearts and our minds and our souls. Prick us right where we are. And allow us to speak unto you. Forgive us. Nurture us. Transform us. And change us. For this day. And forthcoming. We will continue. To seek you. And your love. So that we can be made anew. Each day. In Jesus name. Amen. Would you stand and give God a hand clap of praise?